Hello and welcome back to Twin Paradox. I'm King Everett Medlin, and what you're hearing is a sci-fi trilogy I wrote four years ago under the pseudonym Purple Hazel. Twin Paradox follows my first podcast series entitled Death Walker Colony, which is now a full-length novel available for purchase on Amazon. Go online and check it out. It's on sale today in ebook format, as well as the first two books in the Rigel 12 series, The Rise of New Australia and Return of Anarchy. In this episode, Zero and Young Men Joe finally get to meet. They're attracted to one another, no question there. Zero can't believe her eyes. Didn't realize he'd once been a lieutenant. Simply has to ask him all about the space mission to Captain B and all that he experienced there. Gives them plenty to talk about as they walk up the driveway to Min Pharma's world headquarters, then down to the parking garage where there's a private elevator. The elevator requires scanning the palm of one's hand in order to activate it. Zero offers to let young men do the honors, not realizing it won't work. That's because identical twins do not have identical fingerprints. Twin Paradox is a sci-fi series encompassing three full-length novels, all of which will be read in their entirety during the coming weeks. You can go online and download the e-books, or if you prefer, tune in and listen to me read them to you. So let's continue. Ladies and gentlemen, Chapter 41, Everyone Just Calls Me Zero. Good evening, Mr. Joe, said Zero, somewhat timidly, not sure how to address the young man in uniform. Or shall I say Ensign? Young Min was still staring into her eyes, mesmerized. She was exactly the way he'd seen her in those photos he had viewed during his flight to Toronto. Tailored black slack stretched over shapely hips, athletic build, military-style shirt just like her hulking security staff members were wearing, but with a wiry physique and shapely breasts. Hair pulled back into a long ponytail, no makeup, regardless she was stunning. In fact, the military-style duds she was wearing only made her all the more beautiful. Young men, just call me young men if you like. I'm on shore leave anyway, he replied. Only superior officers at space program ever used titles with me. I was lieutenant junior grade for a few years before this, and frankly, never got used to folks calling me that either. Zero's eyes widened. She had never realized he'd once been a ranking officer on the Santa Maria, only knew he was a crewman, nothing more. This piqued her interest. He looked so confident when he said that, didn't seem intimidated by those big monsters towering over him, even though he very well should have been. They were trained killers, whether he realized it or not. Well then, young men it is. Welcome to Men Pharma Headquarters. My name is Zero, and I'm Chief of Security for your brother's company. I'll take you to see him now if you're ready. It's a bit of a walk. Shall I have one of the boys bring your bag? That won't be necessary, but thanks, he replied. Then he turned to face the guards who'd been watching over him and politely introduced himself. The nervous giant stuck out huge hands as he went along and greeted them graciously, like they were two teams shaking hands after a rugby match. Amazed at his boldness, Zero stepped closer and told him their names. I uh, hope my security team didn't startle you, Ensign. I mean, young men. These are some of my best men. 
First off, this is Fetu. He's in charge of the gate. And then there's Lagi, Loto, Rangi, Afu, Lakipi, and finally on the far right, Tukupa. Young men greeted each and every one of them with a firm handshake, which only served to impress him even more as to their immense size, not to mention grip. His hand was already aching by the time he got to the last one, the Tongan named Tukupa. The giant islander let down his guard momentarily, and soon all of them were smiling like happy natives in sandals and aloha shirts at a beachside luau. One of them stooped to pick up his duffel bag, which weighed about nine kilos, and lifted it up like it was nothing more than a manila envelope filled with tax returns. Sure you don't want Afu to carry it up for you? asked Zero. We have a ways to go. Boss is on the tenth floor, and we have to walk all the way down to the elevator in the garage to get there. She was glad to offer her guard's assistance as she stood with her hands behind her back. She looked so fit and so military in this posture that young men would have taken her for a drill instructor. But he turned down the offer. He preferred to carry it himself. No, I've been sitting pretty much all day. Could use the exercise. Could use a little walk to stretch my legs, come to think of it. Turning to the guards once more, he then pleasantly bid them goodnight one last time. Anyway, glad to meet you, gentlemen. Be seeing you again, I'm sure. Have a good night. The guards nodded and wished him well. You too, young men, answered Loggy. Welcome back to Toronto, said Tukupa. Yeah, welcome home, Mr. I mean, young men, sorry, added Fitu. It's great to finally meet you, sir. Young men scoffed humbly. Nah, you don't have to call me, sir. I'm not a lieutenant anymore. Nobody has to do that now. Not for a while, I'd imagine. For now, I'm just a civilian, until I have to go back, that is, just a regular dude for the next 12 months. He then chuckled, and the guards laughed contentedly right along with him. Thanks again, guys, he added, then turned back to Zero and smiled warmly. Well, I guess I'm all yours now, Commander, or Chief, I guess I should say, young men said to her, correcting himself. Come to think of it, I'm not sure how to address you, if you'll forgive my manners. What shall I call you, if I may ask? Zero, please, she replied. Everyone just calls me Zero around here. Young men smiled and began walking back with her across the large courtyard leading to the corporate office building. Well then, Zero, please lead the way, he said, still making eye contact. Zero was impressed with his sense of self-confidence and savoir-faire, that ability to fit in perfectly wherever he went. Wow, those gods really liked him, she thought. You seem to make friends rather fast, young men, she commented with a smirk as they walked along, young men adjusting the strap of his duffel bag as they did so. Fetu and the others, they liked you. Usually visitors to our facility are petrified, makes the boys feel self-conscious. Young men snickered sarcastically. Hmph. Those guys? Nah, they're all right. Nearly ripped my arm off shaking my hand, one of them did. Wouldn't want to try messing with any of them, that's for sure. Zero chuckled knowingly. No, you would not. They walked several more paces before young men continued. So those gods all report to you? Asked young men. Mm-hmm, replied Zero proudly. Your brother made me head of security a few years ago. 
I've been working for him many years in various roles. He's quite a man. Recruited me when I was a nobody. Gave me my first big break. Now I get to command his security detail whenever we travel. Manage ground security when he's home. I'm very grateful to him. And I must say having you back is... Well, I'm sure it's a very exciting day for the boss. He is a very busy man, usually. Now it seems your return is all he's focused on. Feeling is mutual, Zero, young men countered. I've been missing him all these years. Even after all I've been through and seen, I still missed him. Every day. I mean, when we were kids, we were like... I don't know how to describe it. People didn't know which was which. Talked the same, said the same things... Kids at the orphanage didn't even try guessing who was who. We were almost always together back then. Yes, your brother revealed this to me some time ago, that you were both orphans, interjected Zero as they crossed the courtyard. It was so well lit, it was almost like daylight, their bodies casting long shadows on the artificial turf lawn and paved pathways they strode across. A wondrous fountain occupied the center, and the driveway eventually turned into an oval for limousines and delivery trucks to circle about and exit the same way they came in. Off to one side of the main entrance was a ramp that descended to a subterranean garage. Zero gestured toward it with her hand, indicating they should walk down it as she continued speaking. I was too, unfortunately, an orphan. Had a rough childhood just like you. Then the boss came along and changed all that. Can't imagine where I'd be right now if your brother hadn't found me when he did, she said. And this time it struck young men as rather odd how Zero must have felt inclined to point out, for the second time no less, how she was so deeply indebted to his brother for somehow saving her. Sort of reminded him of when they were kids and Kwong men would convince bigger boys to provide protection for them, from other boys as well as the deacons running the place seemed he always had a knack for communicating with those larger fellows, recruited them quite easily to protect his and young men's interests, made them see the value in joining in with his and young men's schemes to smuggle in contraband items, often right under the Jesuits' noses. Well then, I'm proud to hear how my brother has helped you, young men replied, trying to be diplomatic. And the uh, gods, did he find them too? Zero blurted out almost immediately in response to that question. Uh, no, that was all my doing. I trained them myself, too. Then her voice began to echo as they descended the ramp into the lower parking garage. We moved into this building a few years ago. It used to be a school located on this property, but the boss wanted this location next to Alexandra Park. He had it constructed to be a secure headquarters for the company. None of the distribution or packaging is done here, of course. That's all back in China. Our suppliers are mostly in Pakistan and Afghanistan. Here we coordinate all our worldwide operations. You like it? It's nice, isn't it? Certainly do. Looks like my old brother has done well for himself, he replied. Then Zero pointed toward a single elevator across the garage. This was where they were headed, it would seem. The doors of the elevator were painted turquoise, with letters spelling out authorized personnel only. A pair of long limousines were parked nearby. Here we are, young men. Your brother's private elevator. It requires security clearance to enter. Let me scan the palm of my hand and we can ride it up to the penthouse where the boss lives. Or, then again, maybe I should let you try it first. 
now that I see you and your brother really are identical twins. When saying that, she chuckled mirthfully, but young men corrected her. Identical twins have identical DNA because they're from the same embryo, yes. They do not have the same fingerprints. My palm print, you mean? No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way, I'm afraid, laughed young man Joe. Twins won't ever have the same palm print. Might have the same everything else, but not the same fingerprints. That's a common misconception, by the way. No, you'll have to do the honors this time, since you've obviously got clearance and I don't. Oh, really? asked Zero, now intrigued. This made her even more curious about the differences she could readily detect between Kuang men and young men. Then tell me, she continued, as she activated the panel where she could scan her identity into the computer. How is it you look so much younger than the boss? Are you not the same age? Young men patiently explained the altered effects of aging his body experienced by traveling at nearly the speed of light for an extended period of time. Technically, yes, Zero, he replied. I just aged differently being out in space for so long, that's all. Moving objects experience time differently than sedentary ones. Same thing with airships traveling at high speeds between cities and countries. As you may know, they have to adjust their clocks when they arrive. The faster you go and the longer you travel at supersonic speeds, the more dramatic the effect. That's how it happens. Make sense? Zero gave out a... Hmm. It made her all the more curious to hear about his being an astronaut and what he'd been doing the past 24 years up in space. Wow. Then you really did spend all those years up there, didn't you? She observed. Must have been hard. Thrilling too, huh? You got to see alien planets and travel through the galaxy. Were you scared? I bet it was frightening, wasn't it? I know I would have been. It tickled young men's funny bone when she said that. This gal didn't look like she'd be scared of much of anything. Did you get to see any space aliens? She then asked. Monsters from other planets? Young men had been asked this more than a few times already and had become inured to it. It was often the first thing people inquired about. Bugs and fish, mostly, he replied. One really big lizard, that's about it. Zero winced when he said this. Yuck, I don't like lizards or bugs. Hate them. Truth was, they'd been all around her growing up, infested the building in which the comfort house was located when she was a prostitute. Well, then you'd probably want to avoid vacationing on Captain B, stated young man humorously. That was the name of the planet we visited. Bugs, bugs, and more bugs. Big ones, practically all over the place. We had pressure suits to wear because the air was toxic, but those little fuckers crawled all over us when we were outside. Had to brush them off every time we came in for chow at the end of our work shifts. Zero shivered girlishly, while still maintaining her icy, business-like glare. Ew! she exclaimed. That's disgusting. Insects all over you? Oh, I wouldn't like that one bit. Reminds me of a place I used to work when I was a teenager. Insects all around back then. Used to crawl across my legs when I was sleeping. Gave me nightmares. How about let's stop talking about it, okay? Young men patted her on the shoulder and gently apologized. Sorry, I didn't realize it would bother you so much. And hey, by the way, do you have a cafeteria or a mess hall here where I can get me some chow later on? Haven't eaten a thing since the flight. Five hours, I would guess. That'd be all right, maybe? 
In answer to this, Zero nodded and smiled pleasantly. You're in luck, my friend, she replied as the elevator doors opened and they stepped inside. Your brother is having dinner prepared for you. Maybelline is making a Korean feast for you right now as we speak. Japche is one of her specialties, as a matter of fact. How does that sound? Young men snickered embarrassedly. He'd never actually eaten Korean food. As far as he knew, the orphanage had taken them in when they were infants. He'd never been introduced to their native cuisine. Well, that sounds delicious, I guess. Have you tried it before? What is it? Zero responded by looking up at the ceiling a moment, trying to picture what it looked like last time Maybelline had brought some down to her and the guards whenever she'd cooked too much food for the boss. It's like a Korean stir-fry. Have you had that before? Stir-fry? She asked him. Young men shook his head and smirked. Nah, all I remember was the orphanage food growing up. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, runny spaghetti sauce with pasta. On the ship, I mostly had chicken nuggets and french fries every day, or a hamburger with ketchup and some mixed vegetables. Never thought to try food from my own culture before. And why is Kwong Min so into that sort of thing now all of a sudden? We've always been Canadian. Oh, he always tried to eat healthy now. Now that we got him a chef to cook for him, she replied. So tell me about the mission then. You went to where? Captain B, you said? Young men sighed when she asked this. Not really sure he felt like talking about it. Sort of reminded him how he'd missed out on so much being taken away from his brother many years before. Could only imagine what his life might be like today. Looking around, it was difficult to bear seeing what his brother had accomplished in his absence. And to think of what he too could have become? It was overwhelming. After all, in his lifetime, he'd only achieved becoming an astronaut. Whereas his brother was a successful entrepreneur. This elevator, this office building, his beautiful security chief Zero, the guards out front, the compound, the limousines. None of this would be here if it hadn't been for Kwong Min Joe. Young men had obviously missed out, and it depressed him. What if I'd never left? He wondered to himself. We could have been partners. I could be sharing in all of this right now. Instead, he had risked his life on a dangerous intergalactic space mission that by now no one really seemed to give two shits about. He was filled with a sense of regret that he had wasted 14 biological years of his life, which could have been spent building a corporate empire with his twin brother. Captain B, yes, he answered. It's a planet about 14 light years from Earth. We had to use antiquated propulsion technology back then, so it took us many years to get there. Nearly as long to return. Pretty boring, really. Had to build a colony, take samples of soil and seawater, plants and things, then fly back. No big deal, I guess. Besides, it looks like my brother did a lot better for himself while I've been away. He shrugged and sighed, looked toward the closing doors of the elevator and stared at them while Zero faced forward as well. It suddenly occurred to him that she was slightly taller than him as her shoulder brushed past his and made contact. The sensation got his mind off of Captain B and his brother's comparatively bigger success, snapped him out of his malaise. Hey, by the way, do you folks have a gymnasium here or a fitness center? He asked, changing the subject. I haven't gotten to work out since I got back to Earth. Zero chuckled. Oh yes, 
Quite a facility. The gods and I work out there a lot. You're welcome to join us anytime. They'll get a kick out of seeing you there, let me tell you. The boss, you know, the boss doesn't exercise, hardly leaves his office. She continued distractedly, as though this detail about Kwong Men might be bothersome to her in some way. He just, well, I mean, he doesn't go there, let's put it that way. But you, yes, be my guest. If my gods see you there working out, I know they'll be thrilled. She then fell silent for a few moments before snickering once more, observing the similarities between the two brothers. God, you two look so much alike. Except for eyeglasses. Do you have to wear glasses to read? Young men smiled and shook his head, looking at her when he answered. Nah, never have. Their eyes met once again, and for just a brief moment, Zero grinned sheepishly and dipped her face. She then looked back toward the elevator doors once more. God, he's so gorgeous, she mused to herself. Wish I could just... But the thought was a fleeting one at best, for regardless of how young, virile, athletic, handsome, desirable, and inviting he may have seemed to Zero, she knew full well where her loyalties lay. Kwong Min Joe had done everything for her, had altered the course of her life. He had recognized something in her that others had not. He had provided her a way out when others had cruelly taken advantage of her. He'd made her into this new person that she loved being. She had power. She had influence. She had money. She had all she'd ever dreamed of. And this dishy fellow standing next to her, back straight and strong, unlike her company's normally stooped-at-the-shoulders CEO, was nothing but the twin brother of the man she had sincere affection for. This was not Kwong Min Jo, only a body double. And as for whatever Kwong Min Jo intended for him in terms of a role within the corporation, if any, that fortunately was none of her business. Whatever fate lay in store for the handsome officer from space program was up to the boss. This concludes tonight's podcast of Twin Paradox Chapter 41. Everyone just calls me Zero. I hope you enjoyed it. Watch for Chapter 42, which I'll be posting very soon. By the way, there is one more chapter left in Season 2. Season 3 yet to come. Not only that, but I'm proud to tell you I am currently writing an amazing new book entitled The English Waitress. And it too will be coming out this fall. Go to www.englishwaitress.com for more information as well as updates. A link can be found in the transcript for this episode as well as a synopsis. Go online and check it out. I'm King Everett Medlin. Thanks for tuning in.